0: Space, nothing in the way. I was moving around like everywhere. Had a couple of didn't mean a because 'cause I'm not the type to really care till you came around my heart. Say you've been waking up for my attention for a minute. I never
1: felt so soft to throw my decisions. Yeah, so try- welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend. Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. So, Nicole Jokic is this year's MVP. It was just announced the other day that Nicole Jokic has won his his consecutive MVP. And to say that that has caused a... uh, uproar in the social sports community is an understatement now let me first say this I have no problem with Nicole let me say. let me say this while I have no problem with Nicole Yokic winning the MVP I think it was well deserved I do think I do have a problem with the way that the MVP is rolled out for the NBA and here's what I mean by that. Nikola Nikola Jokic did everything. He does, in my opinion, he he was he was deserving of winning the MVP. I mean, he was the first player in NBA history, I believe, to have like two thousand points, uh, one thousand rebounds, and like five hundred assists in one season. What people have to remember is that the MVP is a regular season award. It awards the best player throughout the regular season. I've talked about this before. I don't feel the MVP represents the best player. I feel like there should be a, a a different. There should be two different awards. There should be the MVP and there should be the best player because sometimes, a lot of times, the best player does not win the MVP. I mean, there was multiple times Steve Nash won the MVP when Shaq and Kobe were in the league. There's times when you know you can have an argument. You know, people argue Steph Curry's first first MVP when you had James Harden going crazy and LeBron. Like, there should be two separate. Awards. Now, I talked about this ad nauseum before, so I'm not going to go over it in you know in outstanding details. But there should be two awards: the best player award and the MVP. So, why are people in uproar with Nicole Jokic winning MVP? Well, a lot of people think that Joel Embiid should have won the MVP. Now, I, well, yes, I think that Nicole Jokic should have won the MVP in ultimately did I would have had no problem if a report came out and and they announced that Joel Embiid won the MVP Joel Embiid I think was the first center since Shaq to lead the league in scoring or have like over 30 points uh, per game Embiid was had probably his best season and no probably he had his best season that he's had so far in the league and he was the sole reason, until of course. Well, he is he is the sole reason why Phoenix, Philly is still in the play. Is Philly is has a chance to go? You know, we'll talk about it later. But has a chance to to beat Miami in in this playoff series. So I would I would have absolutely no problem if Joel Embiid if they announced that Joel Embiid instead of Nicole Jokic won the MVP. They both had incredible seasons. Let's 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 not act like they didn't. But here is my problem. Let me let me first say this. Let me first give you the difference between Joel Embiid and Nicole Jokic. There is a huge difference. And I talked about this last episode, and I've talked about this before. There's a difference between loud points and quiet points. Loud impact and quiet impact. Now, what do i mean by that the example that i used last episode was that's, the example that i used last episode was kevin durant and giannis both incredible players both le- like worldly all all world all nba all-time players both have very different ways to score but in both KD, this is why I say, now KD has can have loud points. This is what I mean by quiet points. KD, his game is so smooth. His game, He's able to do things offensively that people can only dream of. That you look up, and KD has 45 points. And you say, wait, KD has 45? And you only remember, like, maybe two or three buckets. Like, you only remember two or three buckets that he made. But you're like, how the hell... Did he have 45 points? Those are quiet points. Nothing wrong with quiet points. So don't, don't take it as a disrespect. There's nothing wrong with quiet points. It's just you're so efficient. It's like, oh, he has 50 points. And he and I can only I can only remember two or three buckets. Not saying that he didn't get the other buckets, clearly, because he has 50. But it's like you don't think like, wait, when the hell did he score this? Jesus, he is incredible. You know, that's those are quiet points. And, and, and again, quiet points and loud points are exactly the same. I mean, they're not exactly the same, but they both are still points, and they both come from great players. Giannis has the loudest points in the league. I can argue Giannis, John Morant, Steph Curry, they have the loudest points in the league. Giannis, he will, he will bang on you. Giannis will come down the lane and dunk on three people dunk on the whole team he'll he'll do a you know back down turnaround jumper he he'll every time he hits a three is it's miraculous so it's like oh my god Giannis has the loudest points in the league those are the difference let me let me let me let me expand that because Joel Embiid is a loud point scorer Nikola Jokic, is he has quiet points, and their effects on the game ring differently. Joel Embiid is a loud player, but not in the sense of, you know, loud to the media or or just, like, obnoxious. No, I mean loud as his buckets are loud. Dunk on you, you know, he'll celebrate. He gets other people involved at times. Uh, But that, you know, Joel Embiid is a showman, but he's also an incredible basketball player. Nicole Jokic, he'll have 47 points. You're like, Jesus Christ. He had 47 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists. Like, damn, well, when did this happen? Or he doesn't really showboat. He doesn't celebrate. The only time that he is, like, loud or, or voiceless is when he's arguing with the refs. He doesn't really celebrate. I kind of hearken at, here's a better example. An example that I think kind of fits a little more than the whole KD and Giannis. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, but – there's a lot of there's people that still don't understand that how great Tim Duncan was. I when I look at the loud quiet argument, when I look at the when I look at the this year's, you know, Nikola Jokic Joel Embiid race, I think of Tim Duncan and Kobe. Rest in peace to Kobe. Now, and I'm not saying Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic is Tim Duncan and Kobe, so don't 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 run with that. What I'm saying is Kobe, his game was loud, 81 points, 60, 62 points in like three quarters. Like Kobe had a loud game dunk on you. The black Mamba, uh, the stare down, the snarls, the, you know, breaking, breaking people down, the windmills, the fro. Like Kobe was a loud player. Tim Duncan was the very opposite. Now, people forget young Tim Duncan was he was cold his whole career, but young Tim Duncan was different than older Tim Duncan. But Tim Duncan, Mr. Fundamental. You'll look up and all you can think of, well, all he has is free throws and a bank, a bank, bank layup, and he has 50 points. Like Tim Duncan got 50? That to me is the perfect example of loud versus loud versus quiet, and the thing that the thing that I I notice a lot, especially when we talk about you know fans and and people in social media and some, sometimes even analysts, is we we ex, we. We'll praise the loud buckets before we praise the quiet buckets because the quiet buckets are not fun to praise. Like, who wants to praise a, a turnaround bank shot? Who wants to? Who wants to praise a, a, a layup off the backboard? Like who wants to praise? A, a, you know, who wants to praise assist all the time? And don't get me wrong. Do not do not hear me say. I'm not saying. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to down. Uh, Joel Embiid, I'm not trying to down Nicole Jokic. I'm not saying one's better than the other But what I'm saying is they both Are different players But they both are are, are incredible players And just like The Kobe and uh, Again, rest in peace to Kobe But even, even before he passed A lot of people when we talk A lot of people were are dumbfounded When people say There's a lot of people in this world that think that Tim Duncan Had a better career than Kobe But people don't understand. It's like, oh, Kobe. Kobe? Kobe had those loud buckets, man. Loud buckets. And Tim Duncan had the quiet buckets. And people's like, you know, we kind of project the loud more than the quiet. That's just what we do. Tim Duncan damn near did this outside of, you know, points and stuff. Tim Duncan damn near has the same amount of accolades as Kobe. But people aren't going to understand that especially if you, if you don't really pay attention to basketball like that because of how the points were scored. So congratulations to Nicole Jokic for winning uh, this year's MVP, becoming, what, the second, I think the second foreign, third foreign player, I believe, to win back-to-back. Because I know Steve Nash uh, and Giannis. But here's what I don't like, and here's what I think that they're kind of doing a disservice, not only to the MVP award, but to Nicole Jokic or anybody that wins the MVP. This is a regular season award. People saying, why don't you have an MVP of the playoffs? You do. It's called the NBA Finals. I mean, it's called the finals MVP. If you make it to the finals MVP, if you make it to the finals and win finals MVP, that means more than likely you were great in the playoffs. Now, there are some instances where you miss a lot of time in the playoffs, you can come back in the finals and win, okay. But that's that's what the finals MVP pretty much is, who is the best player in the finals, which ultimately goes to where, which it matters most, you know. But this is the MVP is a regular season award. It does the, the the award and it does the recipient of the award such a disservice when you announce the winner in the second round of the playoffs. Now, why is that? Because that fuels the narrative. That fuels the narrative of well, wait, Nicole Jokic just got bounced out the playoffs 4 1 to Golden State, negating the fact that Golden State was a better is a better. Leaps and bounds better team than Nicole, uh than the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets didn't have Jamal Murray, nor did they have Michael Porter Jr. And the fact that Nicole Yogic averaged damn near like 30 in that, or actually I think more than 30 in that playoff series. But you award the MVP to a player that's not even playing right now. When the second overall or the second player that, you know, the 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 runner up in Joel Embiid right now is in a I'm shooting this before game uh what game 5 of the NBA playoffs. So right now is tied up to tied up in the second round to Miami. You do this the award such a disservice because now it lessens the it lessens the 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 cachet, it lessens the lessens the aura of the award cuz it's like this is You're giving it to a player that's not playing So people are already going to have Oh shoot, well did you see what Joel Embiid has been doing in the playoffs? Did you see what Joel Embiid did to Toronto? Did you see what Joel Embiid is doing uh, to Miami right now? But no, you're going to say That you're giving it to a player That just got bounced out the playoffs In the first round 4-1 to Golden State Which completely lessens the impact of that award So now you have people on TV talking about Nikola Jokic, this is the uh, the worst award winner. Forgetting the fact that this is a regular season award and that this is... Nikola Jokic had one of the most historically dominant seasons. Now, another thing that I hear, which I'm glad that I said that. Another thing that I hear is, I think Kendrick Perkins, shout out to Kendrick Perkins, I'm not taking shots at anybody, but... I know I did see Kendrick Perkins say this. um, That Joel Embiid's award... Or was it? Yeah, Joel Embiid's award... Or Joel Embiid was the player's MVP. And Nicole Jokic was analytics MVP. Yet again, let me just... Let me just paint the picture here. Nicole Jokic was without their second and third best player this entire season. Well... Majority of the season, they had Michael Porter Jr., but he went out very early in the season. He then, in turn, and I said this before, but I will say it again. He then, in turn, put up twenty, had two thousand plus points, one thousand plus rebounds, and five hundred plus assists in one season, becoming the first player ever. And think about that. There have Michael Jordan. LeBron James, somebody that I, I would assumed would have done that. LeBron James. Magic, Kareem, Shaq, Wilt. I mean, everybody wants to throw in Bill Russell and and, and you know Larry Bird. All these great players. Players that people a lot of people that I'm hearing on social media that's talking that's talking like Nicole Jokic is garbage. Shouldn't be in the same, or Nicole Yoga shouldn't be in the same class as these players, for, if you listen to some people. Nicole Iogis is the first player, and the only player in NBA history to do that in one season. Yet and still, people are saying that he's the analytics MVP. Yo. I get it, man. I get it. It always goes back to the loud versus soft players or not soft I apologize. Loud versus quiet players. Now that's 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 what it comes down to the loud versus the quiet. Everyone talks about who's a loud player. Everyone talks about Kyrie Irving's points. Kyrie Irving has some loud points. That's just that's just what he is. Damian Lillard has loud points. Steph Curry has loud points. Jalen Brunson has quiet points. Not saying that he's on the same level as those players. Don't be, nah, let me let me not do that. Then let me let me not disrespect him Let me uh, again. People always talk about Kobe, but even before he passed, but rest in peace to Kobe. Everyone talks about Kobe and his points. Nobody really talks about Tim Duncan. That's just how it is. That's just how it is. So, if if the NBA wants to, this is, the MB, The MVP has always been a regular season award. Always. And usually, they usually give it out, like, either the, at the end of the regular season or, like, the first round of the playoffs. So, you should continue to, I understand the whole MVP awards, or, I mean, not the MVP, like, the NBA awards, if they're going to keep doing that, but... So you don't lessen the the award in in lessen the player getting the award. Give it to the give it to the player in the first round of the playoffs like you used to do. I think they usually do it the first home game of the playoffs, first or second home game. the The player will come. I remember Allen Iverson. He came to the middle of the court. Steph Curry did it as well. Held held it up. I don't I don't understand why you they. It, Now you have people saying, you know, just completely forget and completely negate what Nicole Jokic did all season to say, why are you giving – Joel is still playing. He should win the award. Not to mention the fact that they had these awards. They had these ballots in, I think, the final week of the the regular season. Meaning, and shouts out to – Talliero, meaning they knew Talaiero was the sixth man of the year at the end of the at the end of the regular season. They knew Nicole Jokic was the MVP at the end of the regular season. They knew that Monty Williams was the coach of the year at the end of the regular season. They knew that Scotty Barnes was the rookie of the year at the end of the season. They knew that Marcus Smart was the regular I mean was the defensive player of the year at the end of the regular season. Yet and still you announced it. I don't know why they're sporadically announcing it. That's one thing. Like I don't know why. You get the rookie of the year And then a couple couple days later You get the sixth man of the year Then couple day, maybe two or three weeks later You get the defense I don't know why they just don't announce them all at once And why they don't announce it in the first round of the playoffs Think about it Imagine Now I'm not saying that it's going to happen But imagine if every single award winner Was bounced out the first round The MVP uh, Coach of the year Imagine if uh, the Pelicans beat The Phoenix Suns. Imagine if the Atlanta Hawks beat Miami. And imagine if uh, Brooklyn lost to Boston. I mean, no, Brooklyn beat Boston. That means every single award winner. Oh, and Toronto. Toronto did lose to Philly. Every single award winner would have been bounced out the first round. Do you understand how much scrutiny you would have the NBA? The NBA is getting scrutiny now for the MVP of the league being bounced, not not or with people forgetting the fact that, again, it's a regular season of war, but people are killing the NBA. <sighs> do the right thing. Announce it in the first round of playoffs like you used to do. And if you're going to if you're going to announce them sporadically, like make it in the same week. Maybe Monday you announce the rookie of the year. Tuesday you announce the, you know. Defensive player of the year Just Announce them The same week Cause it doesn't make sense How You just announced The MVP A couple days And these games Are going into Game 4 and 5 Actually Going into games 5 and 6 What sense does that make? I don't know man But I will say Shouts out And congratulations To Nicole Jokic For winning the MVP Well deserved uh, I feel bad for for Joel Embiid, not because he didn't win, because he played well enough to he 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 played well enough to be the MVP. So did Nicole Jokic. So I wouldn't have been upset if if it came out that I wouldn't have been shocked. Let's say if it one I wasn't shocked when Nicole or when they came out and said Nicole Jokic won, but I wouldn't have been shocked if they said uh, Joel Embiid won, and I wouldn't have felt that. I don't feel Joel Embiid was robbed. I don't feel that. If if and B. won have won, I wouldn't feel that Nicole Jokic was robbed. I think that they both were very deserving of the award. They both had an incredible season. So that's that. But shouts out to Nicole Jokic for winning his second straight MVP. So let's move on to the playoffs. <sighs> um Let's let's talk about Golden State currently being up 3-1 against Memphis. Now there's something that what you're seeing from Memphis is purely inexperience. Because if you look on paper, Memphis has there's a reason why they're the second seed in in the in the in the West. There's a reason why they've been they were incredibly. They have a good team: John Morant, uh, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, Steve a- Stephen Adams, Darren Jackson Jr., Kyle Anderson. They have a good team. But what you're seeing is there's a this series is a, a this series is a stark reminder that there is a difference between the regular season and the playoffs. And experience matters. Quad is kept. Memphis should have what what should have happened and I'm not just saying it cuz of the rankings, but if you look at the roster, Memphis should have beat Minnesota 4-0. Memphis has all the tools to pee Golden State. Memphis should be up Golden State 2-1 right now. No, 3-1. Hmm. I can say 2-2. But it's about experience. If we look at it, if we talk about how the playoffs have been going, Memphis shouldn't have got out the first round. Because of inexperience. There's something, there's, there's, there's a reason why people talk about experience a lot. There's a reason for that. Now, I wasn't really, I didn't understand at first. Like or a couple years ago, I'm like, why do they keep talking about experience? I mean, at the end of the day, if you have a better team, experience shouldn't matter. But that's not the case at all. Experience, you know how to win. You know how, how different situations work. You know how not to panic. Those, that all comes with experience. I think Memphis is gonna be a really good team, but there was two games in this series. Game one and game and, and what game four. Game one, Steph and Clay have the worst games. Let me not say that. Steph and Clay. Game one. Steph and Clay don't play that well. Draymond Green gets ejected, first half. Um, you're winning. Golden State comes back. Klay Thompson misses two free throws. Klay Thompson, by the way, who I am on record saying is the second best shooter of all time, he is at the free throw line and misses two. You have the ball with four seconds left in John Morant's hands. You miss the layup, you lose. Game four, a couple nights, uh, two nights ago. Golden State plays probably the worst game I have seen them play in years with Steph, Clay, and everybody. Clay Thompson goes 0 for 7 from three, Steph goes 4 for 14 from three. They turn the ball over galore. Dream on green the first half d- looks out of it. Jordan Poole's doing. Just playing bad. You don't have John Morant. And you're up, what, I think they were up as much as 12 points. Golden State didn't lead the entire game. Yet, somehow, the series is now 3-1. Golden State comes back. They go, I think the last two minutes, they go on 11-2 run and win the game. Steph Curry scores 18 points in the fourth quarter. What we're seeing is a team that has been here before. While, yes, there are are pieces like Jordan Poole, like uh, Otto Porter, who is a veteran in the league but hasn't really – that's a lie because he's been to the – he was with the Wizards when they had some playoff runs. But Otto Porter – I'm Otto Porter. um, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, these are big pieces haven't really had that playoff experience yet and still when you're playing with a Steph Curry three-time champion Klay Thompson three-time champion Jordan or uh, uh, Draymond Green three-time champion Andre Godala I think a two-time champion three-time two-time champion three-time champion they can calm the waters it's like no we're gonna win this game chill out the Golden State had the worst shooting game. Not to mention the fact that Steve Kerr the hours before was notified that I, I, I guess he he's in health and safety protocol. So you had Mike Brown, who also a couple hours before it was announced that he uh took the he he got like a four year deal to coach the Sacramento Kings. Shouts out to Mike Brown. And you still win the game. Golden State, in my opinion, I'm, I'm starting to notice because people keep saying their weakness is their height or their, their height and their lack of size and the pain. Which I understand that that causes problems. But when you go against Nicole Jokic, who now is a two-time MVP and you win 4-1. When you're going against a physical team like Memphis that has Jaron Jackson Jr., that has Steven Adams, which, by the way, game four was the first time Taylor Jenkins actually, like, featured Steven Adams and had a really good game. Golden State's size may cause, may, may, may be glaring. But, no, their, in my opinion, their biggest concern is their carelessness. Their biggest concern is the fact that they are a high turnover team always. But because they have world class athletes like Steph Curry, or world class shooters like Steph Curry, like Klay Thompson, like Jordan Poole, that their sheer offensive talent is able to overtake is able to overcome that. But sometimes it's not the case. Sometimes, as we saw what, game two? Golden State damn near averaging 10, 15 turnovers a game in this series, in this playoffs. Okay, I think in this series. That is the only, I'm not going to say only, but that is the biggest concern. That's their biggest weakness, in my opinion, is their carelessness. And don't get me wrong, Steph Curry, Steph Curry is, it's not just Steph Curry, but Steph Curry definitely is part of that too. They just turn the ball over a lot, and you're playing an inexperienced team. Now, do I think that those turnovers can be minimized depending on the talent that you're playing against? Possibly. But you can't be – I understand you you cannot be careless, especially when you're playing a team that has every recipe to beat you. And you can't help them with the recipe. You can't help them by turning the ball over. So – Golden State in my opinion. I hope I don't know if John Moran's gonna be back. I hope he I hope he's back. Uh he missed game four, which of course Golden State won. And though that's another thing. Taylor Jenkins, man. One thing that a coach is able to uh dictate is rotations. Is the amount of which somebody plays, stuff like that. You can't, I mean, you can draw the plays, but you, it's really hard for a coach to dictate what's happening on the floor because these are world, you know, the, the game is always reactionary. You have to react to certain things. And certain things that you have to react to, you don't know. You have to react to it until it happens. So I understand that it's difficult coaching in the moment, but Taylor Jenkins. This is not. This is not a attack on uh, Dylan Brooks. But Dylan Brooks was 5 for 19. He was letting them Jones go. And I don't think I've seen a person. You know how we talk about Russell Westbrook a lot? How he'll shoot on the left side of the of the rim or left side of the court and hit the corner of the right side of the backboard. And I, and I come in here... Religiously and say, do you understand how hard that is? I think I've seen. Now, this is a person, person in Dylan Brooks that was suspended a game, suspended in game three. Do you understand how hard it is to continuously airball the ball? I think I've seen at least four to five, probably five to six airballs from this man. So clearly, just Dylan Brooks doesn't. I understand defensively, but clearly Dylan Brooks doesn't have it offensively. This series, yes, and you see that he is going crazy. When I say crazy, I mean he is putting up shots. He had nineteen shots, and half of them nineteen was was hella off, especially the last one when he did a a, a step back three and damn near. Just graze the fucking rim. I mean, sir, graze the rim. Taylor Jenkins, you have to understand. You have to understand, bro. Let me. I got to pull you, bro. You, you just you, you're hurting us more than you're helping. Especially a Grizzlies team that deep. This is a one thing that that they were able to do. I understand that rosters shrink in the playoffs. I get that. But well, one thing that the Grizzlies were able to do, better, almost better than anybody in the league, is their depth. They were able to rely on players from the bench. When you have Brandon Clark, when you have uh, Milton, they are able to rely for a lot. Tyrese Jones, there's a Tyler Jones, Tyrese Jones. There's a lot of players that they can rely on. So why do you have Dylan Brooks jacking and missing? He's a big reason why they lost Game Four. In fact his 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 offense not being there is a big reason why they're struggling not saying that he is the only reason he, they are playing a golden state team which a lot of people including myself as them winning the championship but there's the you know but now we have game five hopefully John morant comes back and they will be fighting for their lives so let's move on Luca is Luca. <laughs> so the Phoenix and Dallas series is is you know. I'll say this: if you want to, so my theory that um, it is difficult playing with star players. If you don't, if you if you never if you ever question that, or if you ever needed an example. The Dallas series is an example, a clear example. And I would say Exhibit A Luka Doncic, Exhibit B and C, Jalen Brunson, and Spencer Dinwiddie. Now, do not get me wrong. Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson is not Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic is an arguable, a lot of people have Luka Doncic as a top five player in the league. Nobody uh, has Jalen Brunson or Spencer Dinwiddie, but this is why I think I said it last episode as well. This is why it is tough sometimes playing with a superstar, such a ball dominant superstar like, uh, uh like Luka Doncic, like James Harden back in the day, like, like a Russell Westbrook. Because it's hard. The ga- basketball, an, a, a a huge aspect of basketball is rhythm. You have to be able to have a rhythm, and it's hard to catch a rhythm when most of the time, if if, bas- the basketball is energy, right? And when you touch the ball, it gives you energy. Have you? And you know, everyone proof of that for for people that listen. Have you ever been hooping, like? I don't know at the YMCA, at the park, at the, at the rec center. Have you ever been hooping and you would be dead tired, dead tired? Your team is probably on a three, four, or five game win streak. You're dead tired, full court games. You're dead tired until you touch the ball. Then you get a you get a <laughs> you get you get a burst of a, a rush of energy when you have the ball. And that whole "I'm tired" just goes completely out the window. The ball has energy. And this is not a this is not a a referendum referendum on on Luca at all. This is just showing you proof that sometimes it's hard playing with a superstar because at the end of the day, Luca needs the ball in his hand as well. James Harden needs the ball in his hand as well, or need the ball in his hand, especially when he was with Houston. Russell Westbrook needs the ball in his hand, as we can clearly see with the Lakers, because he don't do much else off the ball. It's just tough. It's tough because Dallas is a good team. They're not the best, and uh, you know, but the, it's a good team. And and of course, there. It's it's crazy. When Dallas wins, they always say. You know, that's an incredible team. They always talk about their defense. They always talk about how Jalen Brunson and and Spencer Dinwiddie was incredible. They talk about how Luka Doncic is Luka Doncic. That's what they talk about. When they lose, they always say, damn, Nikola Jokic needs – I mean, not Nikola Jokic. uh, Luka Doncic needs another superstar. It's hard sometimes playing with a ball. It's hard a lot of times playing with a ball-dominant star. Card is kept. That's why it was a lot, a hard, a lot of times for people to play with Kobe. A a lot of things get masked when you win, but it's hard. And again, this is not a, this is not a referment. This is not a, you know, I'm not bashing Luca. I'm not bashing Kobe. I'm not bashing any ball dominant player. Cause at the end of the day, Kobe rest in peace again, is one of the greatest players we've ever seen. James Harden, one of the greatest players we've ever seen. Luka Doncic, one of the greatest players we've ever seen, like that. We can't take that away from them. But you're you're playing against Phoenix, which is a great team. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Miles McKel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Cameron Payne, Jay Crowder, the, JaVale McGee. This is a good team. And well, yes, Dallas. You know, Dallas is good. It's just you see Dallas succeed more when Luca shares the ball more, when is more off the ball. Jalen Brunson gets involved. Uh, Dorian Finney Smith is hitting threes. You know, that's that's the recipe to to because da- Dallas moving forward every series that phoenix is in the other team is going to have the best player say they beat say they beat dallas and and I don't I don't see golden state giving up a 3-1 lead to memphis so they're going to be playing golden state golden state has the best player in Steph if they go miami they're probably gonna have the Phoenix gonna have the best player. If they play Philly, Philly will have the best player. If they play Milwaukee, Milwaukee would have the best player. And you can argue if they play Boston, Boston will have the best player because they'd have Jason Tatum. But again, Doubt when you play with a ball dominant player like a Luca, it's tough. And that's no offense to Luca. That's no offense to Jalen. That's no offense to anybody. That's just facts so it's it's you know it's tough, oh, and before we move off of that, the incident with uh Chris Paul, his family, and like the fan that was that put hands on his mother and like pushed his wife followed his wife up the up the steps and stuff. look here. I don't know what it is, but people feel like they're entitled to do whatever the hell they want these days. I don't know what it's going to take, man. I don't know because if I was Chris Paul, bro, I understand like you lose some money. And, but you're not about to put your hands on my family. Whether it is something as you were drunk. Okay, cool. I was... There's been a lot of people that's been drunk. They don't put their hands on people. Don't put your hands on nobody, bro. Cuz trust me, you're going to find the right one. Chris Paul looked like he was the right one that. T- he just they just they stopped him from doing something reckless. So, just just these fans are getting crazy, bro. I don't get it. Let's move on to the Miami and Philly series. First and foremost, I would like to apologize. <laughs> i like to apologize because last episode I talked about um, the 10 most important players to their team for winning. And I left out. I even spoke on leaving out Joel Embiid and James Harden because I said, you know, they I don't even think even with them, they have a chance. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, since Joel Embiid has come back, Philly has won. As I'm recording this now, Philly has won two games two straight games. So now the series as I'm recording is 2-2 cuz very possibly 3-2 uh Philly by the time you hear this. Joel Embiid, man, is incredible. Again, I I he he did enough to win the MVP, just didn't win. And James Harden finally had a vintage-looking James Harden. I think he scored like 14 in the fourth quarter, finished with 31 points in game 4. When you have that, when you have James Harden playing like that, Joel Embiid playing like that, Tyrese Maxey still playing the way he's playing, Tobias Harris playing good def- defense, Danny Green hitting what six or seven threes, you're going to beat anybody. And now Miami, see the 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 problems that Miami f- faces or the problems that Miami has is starting to rear their ugly head. Kyle Lowry out game five. I think he re-injured his hamstring. Miami, and the one thing that I said, the one question that I had with Miami is, your defense is incredible. We know this. We know how good your defense is. But who can you rely on offensively? And as we're seeing, Taliuro ain't, ain't it. Not Let me not say Let me not disrespect Taliuro. Euro cannot lead a team in scoring. And you think that your team is going to be successful in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler has been incredible. But outside of Jimmy Butler and Tali what? Who, who? I know I, I know Victor Depot's is trying to get back to where he used to be. But, what, Vincent? Um, ben Adebayo, who has been completely negated offensively due to Joel Embiid's presence now? Don't get me started with P.J. Tucker and his offense. It's just, it's tough. Now, I... It's you know, I'll be real with you. As I'm recording this, it is two the series is two two. I have now changed my mind and I think that I flipped my opinion. I know it's crazy. People are able to flip their opinion. I flipped my opinion. I think that Philly's gonna win this series just because the problems that I thought that Miami would face, they are facing, and that is where does the offense come from? You can play incredible defense, but at some point your offense has to match your defense, and it hasn't done that. Especially since Joel Embiid's been back, so yeah, I apologize, Joel Embiid and James Harden for disrespecting you. And honestly, I, ha- I- this Kyle Lowry injury is huge, man. Especially when we talk about offensively too, because more than likely their-, their third offensive weapon or second or third offensive weapon should have been Kyle Lowry. Not saying that he's staff or anything, but he's better than what he's been giving you. He he gave you nothing this last two games. So yeah, man, I I'm changing my mind about that. And yeah. And moving forward and and lastly, man, or let me say this. Milwaukee and Boston. Oh, who said it? Shouts out to Mike Greenberg, man. Um this is the clear. This is a clear cut example of best team against better player, or better team, best played team against best player. This Milwaukee is different from last year's Milwaukee, clearly, and this is the biggest reason why I said that. This is one of the biggest reasons why I said I knew that Milwaukee can still win this series. Let's 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 just get that. Milwaukee can still win this series. However. It's different, man, when you have Chris Milton when you don't have Chris Milton. Every, almost every game, Boston can be up 3-1. They gave a couple games away, but Boston can definitely be up 3-1. And what you're seeing a lot from Milwaukee is them giving Deion and you yo, do something with it. Bobby Portis hasn't done anything really. Drew Holiday hasn't really done much. Brooke Lopez, he's, he's been catching lives from time to time, and he's been good defensively. But outside of that, offensively hasn't really been, you know. Pat Connington, I think he's out now. He's that's that's huge. Boston has been the best overall team since like January. And Giannis is good enough to to win a series by himself. I just know I just don't know if he's good enough to win this series by himself because of how good Boston is. Boston's good enough to win an NBA championship. Boston's good enough to beat Milwaukee. They're good enough to beat Philly. They're good enough to beat Miami. They're good enough to beat Phoenix. They're good enough to beat Dallas. They're good enough to beat Golden State. They're good enough to beat Memphis. Milwaukee they have the best player. They have Giannis. They have the great equalizer. But as we're seeing, man, the one I saw something that I don't think I've seen from Giannis before, and that was in the fourth quarter, he was gassed. He was tired uh, in game four. He was gassed. And that's what happens when you have pressure. That's the same thing happened with KD. When KD, they were throwing Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, every— Throwing double teams. Grant Williams. They were throwing everything. The kitchen sink at KD. And it it showed. And that's the same thing to do with Giannis. And while Giannis is more physical than KD and more of a brute force than KD, game four, he looked beat in the fourth quarter. To the point where, and the fact that he's not even making free throws anymore. (laughs) I saw Giannis miss a layup so, like, he laid the ball up, and the jump went. You know, like the 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 basket, the orange part. It was on the back of the orange part. Giannis. So, right now, and, and shouts out my Greenberg. It's not an original thought. It's a t- best team against the best player, and I think at least now. I don't know if I said this before, but I think Boston's gonna win this series. Boston should Boston should be up three one right now. If it wasn't for Marcus Smart missing a tip, uh, missing a tip back in, and Al Horford's tip back going at the end of or past regulation. They would they would be up three one right now. So there's that. So the unpopular, well, before we go, the unpopular pain of the week. I think that salary caps is the most. Racist thing about sports. Salary caps. What do you mean by that? I think I think salary cap is a clear sign of racism. The clearest sign of racism that you can see in sports, even more than black coaches, even more than <laughs> uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Florida Seminoles and the chop. Salary cap is the most racist thing in sports. Why is that? And and where are you getting this from, Jalen? First and foremost, there's only two leagues that have a salary cap. Two. I think three. Two. And that is the NFL and the NBA. Which, by the way, is the two is the only two sports that are dominated by African Americans. That means baseball doesn't have salary cap. I don't believe. I know NHL has salary restrictions, but I don't know if they have a salary cap. They could have a salary cap, but I think it's salary restrictions, meaning just some teams can't afford other, you know, can't afford players, you know. Uh soccer definitely doesn't. The NBA and the NFL have salary caps. <clears throat> Which is crazy cuz Let's just look in the United States. Both of those leagues are the most profitable leagues in the United States. Not saying, of course, the big the money maker is baseball due to the contract that you can get. But basketball makes way more money if you talk about uh, marketing and, and, and revenue and, and popularity. Basketball makes way more than baseball, and football is, is king. So the two sports that if you look on paper and two sports that if you look just just revenue-wise make the most amount of money in the United States have a salary cap. And it just so happened that both those are dominated by African-American players. You don't see a coincidence in that? You don't see it weird, the fact that Players like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Now I'll throw white players in it two. Or players like Stephen Curry, LeBron James have to can make a certain amount of money. Like they can't make more than X. It just that's that's racism. And and they do not want I mean I say it, you don't they don't want to give they don't want African Americans to thrive like that. And it's not just I know it's not just it's there's not just African Americans in both the NBA and NFL. But there's a majority of it. So they're like, yo, we're not gonna let the majority of African Americans succeed just because there's a couple of Caucasians. Yes, I know that it's not just Caucasian, a couple of other races. But the two sports dominated by African Americans have a salary cap? Yet, and still, baseball. And I know what they're going to say. Baseball, his, you know, Hispanics. I'm like, Bruh. There's a reason why they call baseball the American pastime. Not saying that it's an American sport. I get that. But everyone's. They're still. One of the pat one of the great great things to do is go to a baseball game even if you don't like baseball just you have to go for the experience hockey has all these players which you don't know the last names or you can't even pronounce like Lundquist. salary cap is modern racism in my opinion clear cut racism the most the most the most blatant form of- racism in in sports. And you want to know you want to know how you know? That's the truth. Go tell M- MLB you have a salary cap. We're going to we're going to implement a salary cap. Go tell soccer we're going to go implement a salary cap. Yo, soccer be paying 500 million just to just to get a player there. And that's not even the his contract. They have to pay, they pay 500, I think it was, was it Neymar? I think they paid like 500 million just to get him out of his deal, then to pay him another 500 million. That's a billion. Like, clear as day. The, the, The one sport that is dominated by African, two sports that are dominated by African Americans. LeBron James makes more money. LeBron James, Steph Curry make more money off the court than on. And there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Um, If you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, the link is in the description below. At multiple different colors, multiple different designs, so whatever you want, I got you. Just go to the website or click on the link, go to the website, click on the shirt, click on whatever item you want. Bye, bada bing, bada boom. In a week and a half, it goes to you. Also, please subscribe to whoever you listening. Please subscribe to whoever you watching. It definitely means a lot to me. Uh, and until next time, much love. As I get a little older, I realize life is perspective.
0: I come from a generation of pain, will murder his minor. Rebellious and more jealous I chip you for designer. Belt buckles and cloud overzealous and prone to violence. Make the wrong turn. Be your will of the will alignment. Residue burn. Missed at inner city. Miscommunication to keep homo detector busy. No protection is risky. Desensitize, I vandalize pain. Covered up in camouflage. Get used to hearing arsenal rain. Analyze, risk your life. Take the charge. Homies, don't fuck your baby mama once you hit the yard. That's culture. 23 hour lockdown. Then somebody called said your little nephew was shot down. The culture's Involved. I done seen niggas do 17, hit the halfway house, get out and get his brains blown out, looking to buy some weed, car washes played out, new GoFundMe accounts, a proceed, a brand new victim a shatter those dreams, The culture. To let y'all know what a nigga look like In a bulletproof rover In my mama's sofa Was a doodle pop popper Hair tricker, walk up closer Ain't no photoshopping Friends bipolar Grab your by your pockets No option if you froze up I Always play the offense Niggas going to work and selling work Late for work Working late, praying for work But he on paperwork That's the culture Point the finger, promote ya Remote location, witness protection They go hold ya The streets got me fucked up Y'all can miss me I want to represent for us Down. Celebrate new life when they come back around. The purpose is in the lessons we learn it now. Sacrifice personal gain over everything. Just to see the next generation better than ours I wasn't perfect, the skin I was in I truly suffered, temptation and patience Everything that the body nurtures I felt the good, I felt the bad, and I felt the worry But all in all, my productivity has stayed urgent Facial fears, always knew that I would make it here Where the energy is magnified and persevered Consciousness is synchronized and crystal clear Euphoria is glorified and made his To my father, to my wife, I am serious, this is heaven. To my friends, make sure you count them blessings. To my fans, make sure you make them investments. And to the killer that spared up my demise. Keep that genius in your brain on the move. Until my neighborhood, let the good prevail. Make sure them babies and the leaders out of jail. Look for salvation when troubles get real. Cause you can't help the world until you help yourself. And I can't blame the hood the day that I was killed. You had to see it, that's the only way to feel. And though my physical won't reap the benefits, the energy they carry on mix still, I want you.